Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our films. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, looky here. It's Memorial Day weekend. Guess that means summer blockbuster season. Well, they hope so anyway. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com, and yeah, we've been talking about the, the summer movie season for a while, even though it's really actually started. It seemed like just a few years ago, or maybe I'm romanticizing things, really, it didn't really start. I mean, everything waited until Memorial Day weekend. Right. Nowadays, uh, that's not the case. Way early, because Logan was out forever ago, and that was... That was def- yeah, that was definitely the start of it. And then, of I course, think. Guardians, and it just keeps oh, getting yeah, backed yeah, yeah. up for some big movies. But there are some big ones to talk about uh, this week, and also a couple of little ones to talk about, and some good ones coming out this week on home video. Yes. So we got a little bit all over the place, but uh, we'll start with one. I just saw a poll uh, today, and I can't remember where it was from, but it was a poll of the most anticipated summer movies. And this one was one of the biggest. If not really? if not number one, it was right up there, and it's the latest Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. Pirates had infected the seas for generations. So I vowed to eliminate them all. Jack Sparrow cursed me. I will have my revenge. Are you sure you'll see Jack Sparrow? For his pants. A great pirate does not require such intricacies. I'm all pirates. They're stupid. I would like to just start by saying they absolutely do. Because there's a dead guy in this movie does nothing but tell stories. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. It's all a big lie. Well, you know what? Let's start with what works in this movie. And right at the top of what works... The visual effects. Yeah, it looks good. It looks really good. So the, the it's got a couple of new directors, um, Joaquin Ronning and Espen Sandberg, and they did the Oscar-nominated Contiki, which is a seafaring adventure. And they really bring and 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 the last couple of films too. I think there was a lot more going on for landlubbers. So this one really takes a lot of it back to the sea. It looks gorgeous. There's a lot of aerial shots. That come. I mean, it, it yeah. looks good. We saw it on IMAX and in 3D. I'm not sure that 3D is necessary, but I'm, I mean, it, it's a good-looking film. It really is. There's some great visual effects. There's a... Uh, zombie sharks. Zombie sharks that are pretty cool. There's a uh, set piece with, guillotine, with a guillotine yeah. that is very cool. There's very a, theme park ride. There's another one that also I thought theme park ride with a great big anchor mm. that people are riding on. Mm. So it does look very, very good. And that's at the top of the list of what goes right for this movie. The other thing that I'm going to give it, you know, those these films are too long. They generally clock in at right. well over two and a half hours. This one is under two hours. It's got a nice little clip about yes. it. I was That was going to be number two on my list, the running mm-hmm. time, because you're right. The last few, you just know you're going in there for such a slog and like, oh. And, and when they're that bloated... Two and a half hours feels like three and a half hours yeah. or four hours. And this one, yes, thank you. It's cut down to a solid two. And, it, you know, the pace is much more welcoming. And, and it doesn't feel, even though it's it's not a great movie by any means, it's, it's very welcome that it's not drawn out like the last few have been. Yes. Now, in terms of plot, it's a lot of the same things that we've seen. Um, but in this one, it, it draws on some of the same story. It does help if you've seen some of the other movies. Because yeah. Because it has to do with this time, they are chasing Poseidon's Trident. Sure. And that's not Why a heavy not? metal band from the 70s, <laughs> although it should be. It's Poseidon's Trident there after this time because if you get a hold of that, you can undo curses. 
You can do you you undo all of the curses of the sea, which basically means you undo every plot from the previous four films. <laughs> it was all a dream. It was all a dream. But one of those that is the point of it. So Will Turner, Orlando Bloom, Will Turner's son Henry, uh, now uh, an adult, wants to get this trident so that he can undo the curse of the Dutchman and send his father home. And I do remember, I think that was episode three, thinking to myself. Wait, this is how this ends? Orlando Bloom is just cursed to live on board this, yep. this vessel? Yep. Like, that's a, that's a pretty dreary ending, in it? But his son grows up, and he wants to do right by Dad, so he wants to get a hold of Poseidon's trident and undo that curse. And consequently, also, someone who would like that curses to be undone very much is Captain Salazar. The villain this time, played by one of our favorites, Javier Bardem. But so it's funny. Well, there are a couple things that are funny about it. One, uh, he doesn't he doesn't seem to be that interested in lifting his own curse. Uh, he just wants to kill Jack Sparrow. He just wants to kill Jack Sparrow because Sparrow well, yes, is true. the reason for his curse. Was he, when he was a young lad with the very um, Kurt Russell-esque digitally youthened yeah. face. Yeah, we just talked about how well the effects make Kurt Russell, you know, uh, look young in Guardians look, of the Galaxy. Again. They do the same thing here with, with the Johnny young Johnny. Depp. It's not quite as good, no, but it's, it's pretty a, good. It's a flashback to what happened to Salazar's yeah. vessel. He's lured into the Devil's Triangle. Uh, the ship runs aground, shipwreck, cursed, and it's kind of cool. The ship itself turns into like yeah. a, almost a skeleton that rears back it, it on eats. its haunches and yeah. e eats other ships. Yeah, and no matter what's cool about the visual effects for Captain Salazar and his his crew is that even when they're standing on top of their ship, out of the water, everything, like his hair and everything moves like he's underwater. Underwater. Which is very cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just part of the, the visual effects that, that uh, work really well in this movie. And we keep talking about the visual effects so we can... Not, not talk, talk about, about the story, <laughs> the acting. And how much it seems like a retread. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's okay. There's yet another boat full of zombie pirates. You know, uh, Captain Jack is about to be executed in a public square again. Yeah. He's drunk again. He's falling down again. Uh, there's another rock star cameo. Uh, there's another stranded on a desert island with a bunch of people who already know Jack Sparrow and are pissed at. It. I mean, it's just such a retread. And here's the, here's the thing about the first one. If we can remember back that oh, long, it's, yeah, it was such a kick. It was so it much was. fun. And, it was. And think about the character of, of Jack Sparrow back then. He got nominated for an Oscar yeah. for that. And it it had a bit of a the whole character and his performance was just a bit subversive. Yes. It really was a little bit of a a finger at this whole Disney empire, really. And there was some some real, um, you know, you wondered about his sexuality, right, right, right. of course. And there was just a little bit of wink-wink subversion going on about the whole affair. And now that's totally gone. Yeah. It, well, it's just tired, you know? I mean, that's... It's just tired. Everything about this is tired. They and and they bring in two more, you know, young pretty people to fill in for right. Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom. Right. And uh, they have zero chemistry. And and the female, especially the guy, the the female character. It's a they they're she's also on death row in Town Square because they think she's a witch because she's a woman of science. And that's a an interesting storyline. It'd be great if they could have explored it at all. But really, it's just kind of a. Uh, a nod toward feminism while we're looking down her bodice. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's just, I mean, and, and they try to sort of be a family wholesome film, but honestly, a lot more people die in this, in this episode than I recall dying in previous episodes. And there's just a lot of wasted talent. It's, 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 
It just stinks of bloat. <laughs> yeah, her name, you were talking about uh, the, the, the new uh, young lady in the movie. Her name is Kea Scodelario, and she had a small part in Moon, which I loved right, a few right. years ago. Eve. Yeah, and she was also in The Maze Runner and some other things. So, um, And she's better than uh, her counterpart. And he's been in a bunch of stuff, too. He was in Oculus, but yeah. he's pretty... He's not very memorable, really, in anything. Yeah, Brenton Thwaites, I think, yeah. is how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, not not really, you're right, not really memorable. No. There's not a lot of chemistry Bland. there. Bland. But she, she makes her character more interesting. But it's so obvious from the very beginning, they're they're just stand-ins for exactly. Orlando and, right. Ki- and Kira this time. That's all they are. It's very obvious. And, uh, you know, Bardem is so good. He does bring a bit of a, you know, he really tears into that part. He's chewing some scenery, some it's, underwater scenery, it's, and it's always a, a kick to see but him. Yeah, but it's such a slight part, and it's such a waste. It's such a waste of his talent. So, and I'm biased. And I, I think you agree with me. I think Javier Bardem is one of the three or four most talented actors working today. I he's think he's very good. brilliant. Yeah, he's very good. And, uh, you know, I think he's wasted in this. Jeffrey Rush, also an amazing talent, but he... And maybe it's because it's we have such a history with this character. I mean, he's always a kick to see, uh, does a nice job with it. And um, but you know, Johnny Depp was the reason to see the first one. You know, he was. And oh, I thought it, Jeffrey Rush was great in the first no, one too. He was and too. they had a nice dynamic going but on. By this point, Captain Jack Sparrow is almost a caricature of Johnny Depp. Exactly. At this point, yeah, that's what which it's, that's is, what it's become. Makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the whole thing is almost not just the, the one or two scenes we talked about, but the whole thing just smacks of a theme park ride. Oh, yeah, it does. And every, all, the, all the freshness, all the little bit of uh, subversion oh, that we talked about has gone. just been wrung right out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just another. It almost seems like a duty. You know, well, we have to make another one, so he'll put on the suit again. and Yeah, and just to be more bitter about it, you know, the trailers that we saw before this film came out said the final chapter. Lie. They're already, <laughs> there's, you go to IMDb, there are the same directors are already tapped to make a sixth episode. So mark us down as disappointed with Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and also on that poll I was talking about that I saw today about the most anticipated summer movies on the low end of that was the next movie we're going to talk about, and it is the big screen version of Baywatch. Our team is the elite of the elite. This is the guy you think is a good PR opportunity for us. Do some shots! He's reckless. With two gold medals. How many gold medals do you have? Probably zero. We got a dead body on our beach. That's not our job. Welcome to Baywatch. Why does she always look like she's running in slow-mo? You see it too? You turned the canals into the damn X Games. Yeah, that's because we were in lifeguard pursuit. There's no such thing as lifeguard pursuit. I'm surprised that more people weren't excited to see that. I thought it was a pretty funny trailer. Yeah. You know, and a and a good cast if if they take the right tone, which is to you know, the way like the old Brady Bunch movie did, where right. it's fun because it's mocking, affectionately, the source material. Yeah, and I don't think it's quite as successful as the Brady Bunch, but I'll tell you what, I liked it, and I know it is getting some savage reviews right uh-huh. now. There are there are a few that agree, that agree with me, but I thought it was fun. Not great by any means, but it does. It has the right tone because right away it lets you know that yeah, it's it's making fun. It knows what it is. It knows what it's doing. It's it's an R-rated comedy. It's going for a little bit of body stuff, you know, a little little bit of a crude jokes here and there. Not all the way through, but it is R-rated. 
And uh, it, it's really kind of poking fun at the whole thing in that they, they know how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. So let's have fun with it. Uh, so this time you've got the Baywatch crew led by Mitch. He's, he's, uh, it's the same character name. And a couple of these characters have the same character name as the uh, TV show. So it's Mitch, played by Dwayne Johnson, and he is just king of the beach. And, he would be. Uh, he would be, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally would be. And so he's got a couple of vets on the, uh, on the squad, but they're holding open tryouts to, to get another, another couple, of, uh, couple, couple of spots filled. So they fill those, and then they also get, what's this? It's Matt Brody, the former Olympic-winning swimmer who comes in as God's gift to Baywatch, and he's just going to take a, take a spot. And um, he has fallen on hard times because he's known as the Vomit Comet because of his party and ways. So he needs to get his life together. So, you know, he learns some humility, but he... That's Zac Efron. That's Zac Efron, right. So he has to learn some quick humility, but he's, he's on, he's on the, the squad. And, uh, and right away, because as soon as he gets on there, they stumble onto a case! Because, of course, they're lifeguards, but they solve crimes. And Zac Efron is kind of the, the voice of the ridiculousness by looking at everything that's going on and, and always saying, like, shouldn't we call the police? <laughs> you know, which is hearkening back to if you, if you watch the, the TV show, should have been your thought from the beginning. But, yeah. And they're just saying, look, we know the TV show was just an excuse to ogle people, ogle beautiful people, and that's what this is. So we're going to just, we're going to accept it, have fun with it, wink, wink, and we're going to do the slow-mo, and we're going to tell you it's slow-mo. But what I think, you know, uh, the Baywatch, the TV show, I'm not going to say, honestly, I don't think I ever watched it, but uh, it was primarily to look at women running on the beach. Now, in this film, correct me if I'm wrong, most of the ogling, when you have The Rock and Zac Efron shirtless in your movie, that's really where your camera is pointed. Well, yeah, but let's, you know, there's there's equal opportunity here. Definitely the women, uh, there's lots of buns out. And there's lots of cleavage. But, yeah, you're right. It's equal opportunity because the guys definitely have their guns out mm-hmm. and uh, their shirts off. And they go through a, an optical course competition and they're flexing all over the place. So, really, I think if, you had, if there was a scorecard, maybe they do get more beefcakey than cheesecakey in the movie. But that, that's really only fair because their two roles are more developed. And they get the lion's share of the, of the good stuff in the movie. And they do have a nice chemistry. I mean, Dwayne Johnson has, he's, he's not only king of the beach, he's pretty much king of Hollywood right now. And uh, they, he has a nice chemistry with Zac Efron, and they have some nice running gags about um, Zac Efron's nicknames uh, that, the, that the Dwayne Johnson has for him. And then there was another running gag that I thought is hilarious. Uh, maybe it's just me, which has to do with a little mini Mitch, a little mini likeness of Dwayne Johnson at the bottom of, a, of an aquarium. That keeps changing positions, like you know, he's watching you. So uh, I think that there's a lot of it that works. It's not, you know, it's not hilarious from start to finish, but I think it's funny enough, and it has enough of a self-aware vibe that I thought it was it was pretty worthwhile. Definitely better than a lot of these reviews that I'm seeing. Uh, but uh, you know, I think it's a if you know what you're what you're in for uh, going in. Again, it's it's all rated. I want to put that out there right away because and I and I have to admit that I like some of that humor. You have a real weakness for raunchy comedies. I do. I do. But, you know, if it's funny, what am I going to do? Not laugh? <laughs> and uh, you know, and I thought it was. So, um, you know, it's it's one that uh, not everybody's going to like, but uh, I think for what they did, it's, and and you mentioned, did you mention the director Seth Gordon? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, he did Horrible Bosses. Horrible Bosses, which we both liked very much. Very funny. Um, and this is not as funny as that. I don't want to go there, but I think it's it's successful in what it's trying to do. It's just like that that trashy novel that you're going to read by the pool, you know, for the summer. Yeah, we're going to sit out, we're going to get a trashy novel. This works in the same way. It doesn't try to be anything else. And there are, you probably heard, there's a couple of uh, well-placed cameos from some former Baywatch TV stars. 
they pop up in there as well. So they have a lot of fun with that. It's just a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, look what we're doing. And that, I think, is the perfect vibe for a movie like this. And it's not comedy classic, but I think definitely worthwhile for a, uh, for a summer comedy. So a couple of smaller movies that we, we really liked in limited release this week, so not getting the kind of attention of Pirates of the Caribbean or Baywatch. First one is called Chuck, one that I've been interested in because I was a kid when the subject of the movie was when all these things were going, going on. And it's the story of Chuck Wepner, who back in 1975 fought Muhammad Ali for the heavyweight championship of the world. And he lasted just seconds away from going the distance. Uh, and uh, he became a kind of a folk hero because of that and because he was known as the Bayonne Bleeder. He came out of Bayonne, New Jersey, and he bled, and he bled a lot. And he, <laughs> said, and he says in the movie that uh, you know, his, his strategy against Ali was to wear him down with his face. Uh, <laughs> but he just was one of those guys that could take a punch and just didn't go down. And he, not only that, but because of that fight, he became the inspiration for Sylvester Stallone to write Rocky. Mm-hmm. So he's got those two folk hero things working here. And it's it's led by a tremendous performance by Liev Schreiber. He Who's put, always great. He's always good. And he's, he really, he's really transformational in this part. He, he changes, you know, his, his, his face, of course, his, his uh, voice, his mannerisms, his walk and everything. He just kind of takes on that lumbering presence of a guy who's just kind of a schlub who can fight and who can take a punch, but who isn't really good about life choices. And so it kind of follows him in that direction of him becoming a folk hero and basking in that celebrity and kind of ruining his life and trying to pick things up again and really just hard lessons learned uh, with a guy who has taken a, an interesting place, especially if you're of my age, uh, have taken, has taken an interesting place in pop culture. So I enjoyed it very much. The performances, not only, not only Liev Schreiber, Naomi Watts is, is great, uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, even comedian Jim Gaffigan uh, shows up in kind of a, a semi-serious role. He's got a little bit of a uh, a humor element to it, but uh, he's very good, and uh, Ron Perlman. And so you've got a, a great supporting cast, a great lead cast, and uh, it's directed well. So I, w- I would definitely seek that one out if it's in your area, especially if you have any kind of interest in this subject, if you remember it, because the period details are just right. They use not only scenes from Rocky, but there's some other boxing movies they weave in to try to uh, actually draw a nice contrast between you know the the cliched boxer and how well that fits in line with this man's actual life so uh, i thought it was really well done so seek that out if it's in your area it's called chuck and another one that we both i think we both liked Mm -hmm. uh, that's out this week in limited release stars tracy letts and deborah winger and it's called the lovers tracy letts has been in a like four or five films already in the last year or six months or so. And it's interesting because he's actually an award-winning playwright. So he took to acting sort of late in life, uh, and he's written some... He he wrote August Osage County. He wrote Killer Joe, which we love, and also Bug. Bug. We we love both of those. Yeah, Yeah. huge huge fan of his writing. And it's interesting to see him act. This is a very big role. What I've seen him do before supporting, and this is a big role. He is the co-lead with Deborah Winger. Uh, They're a a married couple. They've been married quite a very, very long time. And each one of them is having a very serious affair. And uh, they are both contemplating, or at least they are telling their lovers they are contemplating ending the marriage after an upcoming visit from their son. Yeah, and it's a very you can see how it could be a play. It, it comes across that way. I don't think it was a play first, but you can see it has that structure. And Lutz didn't write it. No, but, he did not. No, it's, but but I think it, you're right. It does have that kind of a feel to it. Yeah, it was written and directed by a filmmaker named Azazel Jacobs. 
and I hope I pronounced that right. But and it's a very, very much a character study, and it's and it's interesting because I wouldn't call it a straight up comedy. No, but it is. There are there are some funny moments, mm-hmm. some humorous moments. It's a dramedy. It is as a dramedy. so many indies are. <laughs> and to look at these, at this couple, and as I think the the some of the, the taglines in the advertising for the movie talk about that it's is it a love strong enough to survive marriage? Right. And it's interesting how they're so. They've they've grown so much apart, but that yet then something kind of brings them back together. And then are they really going to go through with what they're telling their lovers that they're going to do? And it's very interesting in the choices that they make and how the film presents those choices. Yeah, and the performances are great. They really you know, are. Deborah Winger has always been a, a, a huge talent, and you don't see her very much anymore. But I remember you thought she was wonderful in Rachel Getting Married. Oh, I thought she was. I thought it was a... It was a very small part, but I thought at the time, and I forget what year it came out, but I thought she could have been uh, nom- Oscar nominated, nominated for Best Supporting that. Actor. She just stole the movie, and she is. You're right. She's always good, and she's kind of dropped off the radar a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's great to see her, and uh, she the, she and Tracy Letts just go toe-to-toe. They have a nice, uh, absolutely. A nice chemistry about it. They really, about it. really they, do. They take to their roles with a very lived-in quality yes. that is necessary mm-hmm. to, to let to make you believe that they've lived together for so long that they just kind of sometimes... Look at each other like a piece of furniture, right? You know, and it and it, and it works. The performances are great. The writing is great, and that's another one to seek out if it's in your area called the Lovers. So moving on to the home video releases this good week, week, some good, good week. ones. I'll tell you what you've probably heard about Get Out, and if you haven't seen it, do something about that yes. because it's out on home video this week, and we loved it watch so much. Watch it now. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll watch it with you. <laughs> it's the uh, the writing directing debut of Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. And it is a straight-up horror movie. It is. And I mean, it, there are there are comedic elements to it, but I would definitely not call it a horror comedy. No, it's a horror movie. As, as he has said in interviews about the movie, he has said there are some some funny moments, but there are no jokes. Yeah. And that's the difference. And it's it's great. And uh, I really hate to spoil it. Anything about it, uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you've probably heard a lot about it. But let let me just tell you that uh, it's it's earned all the praise that it has been given. I Absolutely. Think, I think we both feel that way. Uh, and so definitely check out Get Out if you can, if you haven't seen it, or if you want to see it again, because I do. That's yes. one I could see again, definitely. Also out uh, on home video this week is one that another one that we both liked called Logan. Yes, very, very nice. Uh, a real departure for X-Men films, and I mean that in the best possible way. Hugh Jackman's final film as Wolverine, which is kind of tragic, but I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy that he's done it, and I'm happy that this is the way it went out. Yes. It is a really, really solid film. And even though there are there are moments uh, where you're a little cheesy on the whole, I mean, it really, really holds up. And, you know, I just, I dare you to, you're going to tell yourself, oh, this is where they're going to make me get teary. And then the next year you're going to go, oh, oh, my God, I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm not crying. So best you of are. luck. That's right. Interesting, though, that this comes out on home video because... I don't know how many markets are doing this, but the base where we are, Columbus, Ohio, they are showing this weekend the black and white right, version right. of Logan, which is very interesting. So maybe if, depending on where you are, you might be able to check this out on the big screen with the black and white version, which sounds very interesting. But either way, uh, definitely a couple of uh, different ways to check out Logan, and it is worth it. And another one that this is funny because it's just coming out on home video this week, even though it's a couple of years old. And it's uh, the story of a Sri Lankan warrior who flees to France and ends up working as a caretaker outside Paris. And it's called Deepan. It is a lovely, very moving, 
really well acted film and it's really about about this man and and a woman and child and the, they pretend to be a family for the the sake of, of of getting into a new country and living together and it's just sort of it looks at being with someone you think you know when you absolutely don't know them and what family really is and it's just so well acted. We, I really recommend it. Yeah, good stuff on uh, home video this week. Next week, we're looking forward to Wonder Woman. Are we? Yes, we are. And also <laughs> Captain Underpants. Yes, I can get behind that one. All kinds of superhero action coming out next week. So uh, let you let us know what you thought about any of the uh, releases this week uh, in the theaters or home video. If you disagree with Pirates, that's fine. Let us know. Easiest way to get a hold of us and keep the conversation going is on Twitter. We are at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D. W-O-L-F, also Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and the home base where you can catch all of our written reviews and other shenanigans. That is MadWolf.com. So both of us disappointed in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Yeah, but Baywatch was, you know, it was okay. Better than we expected. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, please do that. And the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. Until next week, when it's Captain Underpants and Wonder Woman, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.